you're listening to the sound of my voice hello everybody my name is d'angelo valentine and this is the unplugged podcast today we're going to be talking about narcissism or narcissistic abuse for many of you that are out there that may be experiencing a narc or narcissistic abuse or maybe you're the narcissist yourself this is the episode for you today i have a very special guest mckinney smith and she is going to drop some golden nuggets today where if you're in a situation or you're the person who's causing the abuse what can be done to make things better founder of walking my stilettos mckinney smith an award-winning entrepreneur has successfully crafted a business in her personal development as a mindset coach helping women reach their goals her first book is titled walk in my stilettos how to get through the struggle with grace she is also the host of a five-star rated walk in my stilettos podcast for women looking for tools and motivation to conquer their fears their own story, and strengthen the resilience muscle. Her passion is to improve the quality of people's lives, including making an impact, which she contributes to her time spending awareness of mindset, providing expertise on media platforms globally. She is seen on Chatelaine, Exo, Nicole, iHeartRadio, CBC, Vice News, a billboard in Times Square, and much more. McKinney has been nominated for the RBC Women Entrepreneur Awards for 2018, 2019, and 2020, as well as the People Choice Awards for the Best Black Canadian Podcaster. McKinney does more than talk the talk. She walks the walk by being an example of leadership serving in the community, including her run for member of provincial parliament in 2018 in the Canadian election. McKinney, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much <laughs> thank you for, for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being a part of, of this. And this was like a long time coming. I know we've been talking about getting you on board and collaborating because I've done stuff for you. And now it's time for you to return the favor. <laughs> Yes, it's an an honor. I'm so grateful. Thank you, D'Angelo. Yeah, you came on my platform and we had our conversation about your life experiences on my Instagram live. And I'm just grateful to be able to be on your platform now and to share some gems. All righty. So as you know, and uh, for the listeners, I explained earlier that we're talking about the narcissists and narc abuse and how to deal with narc abuse. And I even said in the intro, too, that the person that may be listening could be the narcissist themselves, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's break it down. As you know from my podcast, I'm a person who we, we're ready to go in deep, we're ready to unplug, unpack, dissect, and put it all together with a solution. So my first question is, what is a narcissist? So funny enough, a lot of people, I'm going to say misuse that term. You know, it's become a very popular term, but people basically label anyone who they feel is into themselves as a narcissist, but that's not necessarily true. Like if you Google the definition of a narcissist, it is a person who has like an excessive interest in or an admiration for themselves. But what we're talking about today is someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, so referred to as NPD. But it's basically a disorder 
the long-term pattern of abnormal behavior characterized by exaggerated feelings of self-importance, excessive need for admiration, and a lack of empathy. And there are different levels to these narcissists, people with narcissistic personality disorder. And often, you know, people just bunch them all together. But there's like the exhibitionist who's like, you know, they feel like, oh, you know, look at me, look at me, everything's about them. Then there's like the closet or the covert narc, well, short for narcissist, but those are the people who they want to be, you know, special, but they're conflicted about it. So they'll basically associate themselves with, you know, big brands or religion or bigger things that are viewed on a higher level or scale. And then there's the toxic malignant narcissist who's like, they take things beyond, beyond, like think of the evil queen in Snow White. And, you know, they're just very sadistic and they enjoy hurting other people and they thrive off of their fear. It's a very interesting topic, too, because like, especially with everything that's going on and you're, you're right, a lot of people love to label as somebody who's super self-centered as a narcissist. And you're right. It's not always the case. It could be just somebody mm-hmm. that's just very selfish. And and you've seen time and time again with some people on social media acting a certain way. And then you're like, yeah. I think you're a narcissist, you know? Yeah, people, <laughs> they see someone posting a lot of selfies, they want to label them as a narcissist. Or if they're, you know, making their brand about themselves, they mm-hmm. want to be labeling them as a narcissist. But that's not necessarily true. Like, you can you can have narcissistic traits and not have narcissistic personality disorder. Very true, because, like, you have uh, sadists, people with a Napoleon complex. What's another one? Trolls. All those different things they have, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's everybody's completely different. But mm-hmm. thank you for clarifying what a narc is. And then it leads into my next question. What is narcissistic abuse? Narcissistic abuse. So, I mean, I've had let's say, a series of toxic relationships and I didn't know what narcissistic abuse was until maybe the last, I'm going to say maybe two years or less, I, you know, would have these relationships and I would be so broken after the grieving stage would be like beyond a normal relationship and it wasn't until after the ending of one of my more recent relationships where I had to seek some some therapy and some counseling to realize that I was in a relationship with narc abuse and it's psychological abuse you know I think especially culturally especially I'm going to say in the Caribbean culture or in the black community many of us have grown up experiencing types of abuse but didn't know that we were being abused because we may have viewed abuse only as physical but there's so many different levels to abuse there's like emotional abuse spiritual abuse you know psychological abuse financial abuse there's all different kinds of abuse but if you're dating someone who is a narcissist then they basically it's the psychological emotional it can lead to physical but it's more intense than just a toxic relationship you know they go through different phases to confuse the person and leave them like broken essentially you know there's the phases that they go through with idealization where when you meet them you know they love bomb you and make you feel like you're the center of the universe and then they transition into another phase where it's like i want to say it's like insidious where it's the small ways where they start to break you down and then there's the devaluation phase where there's a lot of criticism and cruelty and you may experience like the narc rage where they get like so angry 
you don't even know who that person is, like scares the crap out of you. And then sometimes they go into the phase where they discard you, where basically they've moved on. They either ghost you or they found a new source of supply. They basically, you know, they treat you like you were nothing. You had zero value, like you had no meaning in their life. And that can be very hurtful for someone to devalue you in that way and to make you feel like you don't exist or you were never important to them. So the average person would be like devastated, treated that way. So narc abuse is, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But what I've learned is that most of the people who have experienced narc abuse are empaths. And the narcissist, basically, because they have no ability to feel empathy, they're attracted to people with qualities that they can mirror. They're attracted to strong-minded people. They're attracted to people who are nurturers because it feeds into, you know, their self-esteem of making them feel important. They're attracted to those good qualities. I tell a lot of the women that I speak to about this, like, don't be ashamed. If you've experienced narc abuse, you can heal from it, but don't feel like you need to be ashamed that that was your experience. That is your truth. That person was attracted to you because of your strong qualities. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And also to add on a few of the points that you mentioned, to my understanding, for narcissists, a lot of them don't have their own personalities. Mm-hmm. They're, so they mirror other people. Yeah, they mirror other people. Or I would say they're they're more of a chameleon than just mirroring. Mm-hmm. They, they, they'll basically kind of make themselves seem in a way that they are this particular type of person and very charismatic and very charismatic but then when you see that like okay especially when the point where you're talking about discarding right they can easily discard you like nothing ever happened like yesterday's trash and then they'll they'll flip a situation and say like oh well it's this person's fault or uh, you know that's what they did to me and i or they will make it make you feel that it's your fault for their behavior of the way that they're Mm -hmm. acting or they'll blame Mm -hmm. you for things that you had nothing to do when you weren't even in the picture at that time and i'm just like how do you go on with that because i'm i'm thinking as a person with logic right for me from my experience of anything that i've done it's just like okay if i did something wrong I get it. I'll I'll take mm-hmm. I'll take the responsibility for it. But when it's something that I didn't do and I'm mm-hmm. being hefted and blamed for something and like especially when you're talking about like um what's it called? Like the rage, right? Mm-hmm. The narc rage. The yeah. narc rage, right? And then there's also the love bombing. I mm-hmm. like I've always noticed that the love bombing comes first and then the narc rage comes after. And the thing is, if yes. you don't accept the love bombing, that's when they they turn on the rage because they're like, what's wrong with you? You're supposed mm-hmm. to like me. Right. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to talk to me. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. And from my personal experience, I was like, yeah, uh, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. And (laughs) to add another two cents to that, if anybody who's dealing with a narcissistic partner, a narcissistic friend, a narcissistic parent, whatever, you have to let them go. And I mean, let them go in a sense where it's like you have to block them, block them on social media, block their number, all that stuff like that. No contact, no contact, whatever. And if you are in a situation where 
you were with somebody who was a narcissist and you have children, I know that's a little bit difficult, right? Because you can't mm-hmm. just say no contact because if you have children with them, it's it's going to be hard. And sometimes they may use your children as a weapon, mm-hmm. right, to get at you. And that that's a whole nother story in itself. But I was just about to say there are so <laughs> many things that I want to unpack right now because I can, you know, I can speak to co-parenting with a narcissist. I can speak to, you know, I, I realize that because you and I have experiences with the narcissist, someone from the outside world who has no idea what we're talking about, we're using some of the you know typical terms to describe their behavior and their characteristics. But I guess maybe it'd be more helpful if I broke some of those down. Of course, this is called unplug. This is I told you we <laughs> unplug, we unpack, and we put it together, and we have a solution. You know, a narcissist, like you said in the beginning, it doesn't have to just be a relationship partner. It could be a parent. It could be a child. It could be a, you know a boss at work. It could be so many different things. But in order to help you determine that and. One thing that I've learned through some of my studying is most times doctors aren't the ones that are able to diagnose someone with narcissistic personality disorder. It's actually the people who are closest to them, their loved ones, based on the behavior that they see because narcs are so charismatic that they want to appear very likable and, you know, the greatest thing ever to the outside world. So it's usually the people who are closest to them who will feel the narc abuse. But basically, if they have or show five, of these nine traits, then you can label them as someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. So one, a narcissist has an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Two, they believe that they are special, like nobody else is like them. They're absolutely unique. And that's not to say that, you know, we can't feel that we are special or unique, but theirs is like extravagant. They require an excessive amount of admiration to feed their you know, lack of self-worth. They have a sense of entitlement. They believe that everything is owed to them and that the world owes them something or that you owe them something. They lack empathy. It's almost like some of the studies that I've done, they basically that part of their brain hasn't developed. So they don't have the ability to feel empathy or feel that, you know, feel bad for especially some of the things that they do. They're very envious of others and they believe that others are envious of them. So, you know, they're, it's like their ego is on a thousand and they believe that you know everyone is jealous of them and anything they see other people doing they it's like almost have this sense of entitlement like i should have that success or that money or you know that whatever it is the other thing is narcissists behave in a very um, arrogant manner they're very preoccupied with like fantasies of success and having the absolute perfect mate and we all know there's no such thing as perfection and then they don't care they take advantage of other people So if someone possesses five or more of those nine traits, then you can label them as having narcissistic personality disorder. And with those people, like, you know, we were talking about the um, terms of like love bombing and, and stuff like that. For anyone who's never experienced that or has no idea what that is, essentially, it's a form of emotional manipulation. So the narcissist is basically bombing you with like so much affection and flattery and gifts and praise and they're doing all of this in order to gain control over you like the whole purpose of a narcissist with all of their behavior is control and power it's all about them having control and power but they will go through that love bombing phase with you to basically manipulate you and blind you and they're very quick to want to jump into a relationship because they love bomb you so hard they suck you in so that you're blinded from making you know, rational decisions and 
building trust with them. They're basically trying to get that, you know, I'm going to say the microwave version of, of trust. So they love bomb you so that you're so overwhelmed but by all of this love and affection that you, your brain is like, oh, you know, this person is safe. You know, they, they love me. They care about me. But then they will eventually flip and turn on you. And it's, it's almost like once you either develop boundaries or if you tell them no, the worst thing ever you could do, you know, telling them no, developing boundaries or them finding someone else to fulfill that temporary need that you were filling for them, someone else who is their new source of supply, that's when they start to turn on you and do the things like the rage that comes out that you see um, and all those other things. But what's so toxic and abusive mentally, psychologically about how they deal with you is because they love bomb you in the beginning, you believe that this person is a nice person, but it's slowly over time where they start to do things to manipulate your sense of reality or how you view them. And people are like, oh, well, you know, if you were in such a bad relationship, either why did you stay or why did you enter? But it's not that simple. They don't show up as these bad people. They show up very charismatic, very loving, very nurturing. They basically pretend to be who it is that you would love for them to be. It's not who they actually are. You know, they're, they're acting. They're putting on a game. But they can only play that game for so long. Some manage to play the game for months. I've seen situations where people play the game for a couple of years before, you know, they, they start to turn and show their signs, but it's, it's over time. But in that time, in small ways, they're doing things to sabotage your reality. There's a term called gaslighting. And, you know, I'm going to say in the last year, that term has just become very popular, whether someone's talking about working or social media or what have you, but came from a film where I think the film was actually called Gaslight and the husband was trying to make his wife feel like she was going crazy and he would do things to make her think she was going crazy. And it's basically a a tactic that they use, again, to gain power, to make the victim question their reality. They're sabotaging, you know, relationships that are around you. They lie to you. They manipulate you. You know, some of my personal experiences is where they've, you know, spent money off my bank card and said they didn't or you know they move things around the house so that you think you know didn't I leave something here and you know you know that you left a hundred dollars in the dresser and then all of a sudden there's either either no money or twenty dollars and they're like no you didn't they're making you question your reality so you know that that term gaslighting is like you know become very popular even in work environments because people will have a boss that gaslights them and makes them question their reality or their work performance or you know their value so there's there's so many common terms dealing with narcissists that for people who don't know and aren't educated on narcissists and narcissistic personality disorder they will excuse a person's behavior or for example if they see a victim speaking out about it they will victim shame and say well are you sure it's not just you know, because they don't realize how manipulative and how much lying that narcissists actually do. Like they actually fall into the category of sociopath. So the average person or people who are not educated on these types of personalities don't understand how serious they are. And even when they hear stories, they're like, wow, I can't believe a person would do such a thing. But their brains don't function like a normal person. <laughs> you going in with it. I told you this is unplugged. You see how I told you. <laughs> People have to know, really, you know, people have to know because 
if they don't fully understand, they could put themselves in a situation where it's dire, right? Mm-hmm. And like I was mentioning before, they don't care. Like narcs don't care. And mm-hmm. uh, I, f- I completely forgot the term until you reminded me about gaslighting when I said like, yeah, mm-hmm. they'll throw the blame your way, right? And it's worse when it's it, they do the gaslighting and then they do... They neglect you and then they go for a new source of supply. And then mm-hmm. they they basically take that and rub that in your face. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's supposed to get you to be uh, like, you know, react because that's also another source of fuel for them. Yep, it's another form of control because yeah. it's supposed to basically get you to fall back into submission. So it leads into my last question. What are the things that narc victims can do to leave and recover from the abuse? A lot of stories that I hear from other people who share their stories of narc abuse with me, they have suffered severe psychological, emotional, you know, mental abuse. And some people have a very hard time recovering from that. And for many people, it could take years upon years. And I don't wish that on anybody. But a, a narc, like they rely on the self-doubt and preventing you from having or feeling that, you know, independence that you once had because they wanted you to completely rely on them. They wanted, you know, all of your information to all, you know, everything that you get to come from them and all those things. So the abusive tactics that they use, you basically have to come to a place where you're basically fortifying your beliefs of who you are again. You have to work on how you view yourself once again because of the gaslighting, because of the manipulation, because of the lying, you know, all the things that they do, the stonewalling and, you know, all those things. I recommend, even as you're coming out of a relationship with them, having screenshots of conversations because they will say they didn't say things that they said and make you feel like you're going crazy. Stay close to family and friends that you trust because and and make sure that I I would make sure that it's not a mutual friend because personal experience that mutual friend can turn on you because a narc will do what's called triangulation where they will tell the other person lies about you and then tell you lies about the other person so you don't trust each other so you know have family and friends that are not mutual that you can confide in and that you can share things with so that they can help validate your sense of reality. If you're leaving a situation where you were living with a narc, if it's especially relationship wise, you don't want to tell them in advance sometimes that you're leaving because the situation can become dangerous because the narc rage, I've seen many situations, including one of my own where it can become physical because they get so angry they almost can't control themselves you have to set clear boundaries with them once you start to set boundaries and they realize that you are no longer the source of supply for feeding their ego and and their needs they will either find a new source of supply or your it's almost like your your strength to get out of their stronghold like they they basically can't handle that so you have to go no contact but i know for a lot of people you know, you mentioned earlier about parenting with one and or having a parent of one. If you're unable to go completely no contact, and when I say no contact, I mean no contact. Like I've had to like block them from calling, emailing, messaging, everything. 
But if you're unable because if the person, you know, is a parent or a child or someone that you're co-parenting with, then you have to completely set very strong boundaries but limit their access to you. So your communication, you know, should stick solely to whatever is a necessity to discuss. You know, don't interact with, you know, when they start to, whether they start to message threats or, you know, try to get under your skin. You know, another thing I highly, highly recommend is do not reach out to their new source of supply, whoever their new partner is, because you reaching out, they have already lied to that person. They have already told that person, because if you check the track records, every narc out there, all of their exes, they will say, are crazy. Oh, my ex is crazy. Oh, my ex is obsessed with me. Oh, there's something wrong with my ex. I don't know. They leave a trail of destruction behind them. So you trying to reach out to the new source of supply, that person will think you're crazy. It will almost help solidify the story of the narc. You know, as much as you want to warn that person or what have you, at the end of the day, because the narc is so busy mirroring that person and that person's traits, they may get a different version of that person. So their relationship with them may be longer, shorter, whatever it was, you know, with you, but they will see for themselves eventually who that person is. Unfortunately, you can't save everybody. It would be nice, but it will only look worse on you because their new source of supply, their new partner has now been clumped into what's called like the flying monkeys, which is another narc term for, you know, the people that they have that believe all of their stuff and are helping them to spread, you know, the gossip and lies about you. But basically that don't reach out, you know, to their new source of supply. Let it be. One thing I strongly recommend is therapy. Therapy will help you to unpack not only what happened to you, what you are presently feeling, and how to heal some of the childhood trauma that attracted the situation in the, like, to begin with. Because a lot of people who have experienced narc abuse, because we're people pleasers, we were once parent pleasers. You know, there's childhood trauma that we have not been able to deal with because as a child, our needs were not fully met. And these people are able to come in and blind us with the love bombing because they are feeding a need that we had that wasn't met. So they get in and do damage. But in order to stop this cycle from continuing, because unfortunately, I've had multiple narcs, and I don't ever want to deal with that again. And I had to learn through therapy to, we have to do the dark work. There's work within ourselves that we need to do to be able to set, you know, boundaries, educating yourself on narcissistic traits, because a lot of people either don't know that they're in a narc abusive situation while they're in it, they usually find out after the fact, because you don't know what you're looking at, even if the red flags are there. So if you don't want to enter into another situation like that, then you need to educate yourself. That way, when someone comes in and you start to see certain behaviors, because they're all the same, you're like, oh, nope, no thanks. <laughs> you can avoid making those same mistakes and those patterns and falling into those cycles over and over again. So those are some of the things that I would recommend, some of the things that I've done, some of the things that I'm presently doing. There's a lot of work that needs to be done when it comes to narc abuse survival. It's constant working on yourself. Um, In the same way that we would want to spend a lot of time getting to know somebody else, we need to spend a lot of time getting to know ourselves, especially while we're healing, because we need to go back to knowing what makes us happy, what brings us joy, you know, what makes us feel good, what makes us not feel good, because we've spent so much time involved with someone who was manipulating our reality and our sense of self. I'm on this journey, I'm going to say, of healing. And 
it takes work. And there are times where you have to give yourself grace because you may think that you've healed from something and then something happens down the road that triggers you. As long as you're gentle with yourself and you have things in place to help you cope, and not everything works for everyone. Like there's some things that I know that I'm doing um, in terms of like meditating and, you know, spending a lot of time alone. And I've chosen to purge because I strongly believe in energy. And because I've had so many experiences in toxic situations and environments, I literally not only moved homes, but purged everything, got rid of all of my furniture and anything was that, that was attached to any form of memory so that it wasn't triggering of those narc situations. So not everyone may be able to, you know, afford to start over or start fresh, but there's so many things that you can do to help heal. But I strongly, you know, recommend for one therapy, but finding the right therapist, finding a therapist that is um, educated on dealing with narc abuse and narcissistic personality disorder because the wrong therapist who is not educated on it can basically do more damage to you if they're not aware of what they're looking at. You know, interview different therapists to see which one is the right fit for you. You know, finding, for me, finding peace in prayer and practicing gratitude. Um, for some people, you know, whether it be finding the right church community or recommend also openly speaking out about your experience because not only do you create a community of other people that help you validate your sense of reality, because I cannot tell you how many countless women and men that have reached out to me after I started speaking openly about experiencing narc abuse and having these interviews, not only on my pod podcast, but on the Instagram live interviews, people will reach out and say, wow, thank you for being so open. I was afraid to share with anyone what I was experiencing because I thought I was going crazy. But everything that you described is exactly what I experienced. So that sense of social proofing, you'll find a sense of community, but it's also a sense of accountability because you've opened up to the world what you've experienced. And because narcs like to come in cycles, if they have the opportunity to come back after they've discarded you to get you to, you know, fall back into submission and they suck you back in, that's your accountability for people to be like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> there was a lot of toxic behavior that happened there. Did you forget? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> because they can be so great at the love bombing. <laughs> yep. It reminds me, it, there was something, I can't remember where in the Bible this is taken from, but it says, if a demon has departed you, but has a way to come back, it will bring several other demons. So it will, it basically, it will create a bigger stronghold. So mm -hmm. it, it, it totally goes on with that point. But I have this bonus question. Does the narc ever realize that they've done this kind of abuse like <laughs> like when is it it for the narc does the narc ever feel it ever because that part of their brain has not developed to feel empathy it's almost like you cannot expect them to change i would love to believe that it is possible i would honestly so love to believe that but from everything that i've studied everything that i've read like they're all saying the same thing a narc not only will they never admit to being a narc they will actually flip the script and gaslight you and tell you that you are the narc. They will not label themselves as a, a narcissist. They will not take ownership. Part of their common characteristic is 
they don't accept ownership for anything. You could both have been involved in something that they put you in, but they will point the finger and blame you. They will make you look bad because accepting ownership for anything negative or bad is like, it's not within their nature. It's almost like their form of survival to basically deny any form of wrongdoing. It's almost like they feel like they'll die if they admit (laughs) to any form of guilt. I want to thank you so much for just coming and breaking it down. Like you came in with the heat today. (laughs) 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 You came in with the heat today. Let some of the listeners know how they can get in contact with you and also like the resources that you have. You can find me on all platforms under McKinney Smith or a walk in my stilettos on Instagram. My at name, my personal Instagram page is at the real McKinney Smith. And I've done quite a bit of Instagram live interviews that you can look up where we talk about narcissist. We break down the narcissistic personality disorder. I've had many, including yourself, come on and share their experiences so that others can see like we experience the same thing. They have a pattern spoken about it on my podcast, the Awaken My Stilettos podcast, which is available on all podcast platforms. You can find me anywhere online, but I play most on Instagram. Thank you so much, McKinney. And You're welcome, D'Angelo. No problem. No problem. Now, if you want to know a little bit more about what's happening here on Unplugged, you can follow me on Spotify here or Apple Podcasts, U-N-P-L-G-D. That spells unplugged. The only vowel is the U. And if you want to know a little bit more about myself on my YouTube channel, it's where we talk about beards. We talk about the all black lifestyle, motivation, a little bit of fashion here and there, show and tell. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, A-F-T-R-D-R-K. A is the only vowel. But you want to take it a step further and you want to see me on my Instagram page, everything that happens behind the scenes, follow me there. D.A-F-T-R-D-R-K. D.AfterDark. Thank you so much for listening. My name is D'Angelo Valentine. This is Unplug. Peace.